Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. We are back with another episode of Chew On This. So, K-Dog, how you doing? I am great, Teresa Duncan. How about you, pal? I am doing good. I am doing good. We are in the house doing this whole, let's turn on the AC. No, let's turn on the heater. No, let's turn on the AC. That's the kind of day it's been. <laughs> How about you? Are you still dealing with snow on the ground? You know, we've, we've almost got our 25 and a half inches melted. Almost. Uh, we got another four last night. So, you know, uh, we're getting into that whole, is it the first day of spring on the calendar? Well, yeah, you still got two more months to go before that happens. You gotta love Colorado. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys have a different weather system. Ours is just, we have the four seasons, which is really nice. But boy, that one season, summer just kicks our butt. It's uh, humid with the mosquitoes are, I, I mean, they're, they pretty much have their own gang at this point. They're just so angry at everyone. <laughs> so it's like the, the mosquito mafia going on over here. So Gotta watch that, jeez. I saw pictures of you shoveling your driveway, and that was uh, looked like an endeavor. It, it was, you know, uh, we don't usually get wet snow in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And this time we got big, heavy, wet snow so much that uh, my neighbor's snowplow uh, had to be uh, de-iced a few times before we kept going to get one side of the driveway done. So, yeah, you know, that whole, <laughs> oh, this will just take a few minutes, turn into an all-day project. But, hey. No, and there's always a neighbor that goes, oh, hey, do you mind? Do you mind doing this one? So there's always that. Well, and the neighbor across the street who just stands there and watches you, it's like, well, this is the entertainment for the day. It's better than ESPN or whatever. So, hey. <laughs> I mean, they could at least bring you hot chocolate or something. That's exactly. just- something. Come on. <laughs> well, I was thinking of you when I saw that picture because I know that you have the AirPods. You're an AirPod wearer. I am. I had come across this really cool picture or, sorry, article, and I know it really doesn't have much to do with actual practice of dentistry, but it is a tooth story and it could tie in. So let me just tell you what it is. There's a story that I found on a a magazine site called Inside Hook. Apple filed a patent. They're now looking to create their AirPods that are controllable by hand gestures and body sensors and clicking your teeth. Now, you were shoveling snow could that have been helpful for you rather than taking off your gloves and you know that's that it could have and maybe my teeth were chattering so it sends out like a you know a cryptic uh, text message to somebody that could be quite interesting too you know <laughs> that, that's a good point if your teeth are chattering then you're going to fast forward through that that backstreet boys <laughs> album pretty quickly right like <laughs> you know i love you my backstreet boys that are shoveling snow you know that you could uh, ha- wave your hand by it. You could click your teeth together or you could click your tongue. You know what? It's been a while since I've thought to click my tongue, but I guess I guess people do that. Can you do? Can you click your tongue? Sure, let's see. Okay. There you go. You know, that might be better than, than clenching your teeth because what if people land in the dental office with all these broken teeth from... See, I know people that if you say click your teeth, they're not going to do it gently. It's going to be like they're they're <laughs> chomping through a big sandwich or something, you know? I mean, that's going to happen. <laughs> the baby shark crew? 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. And there's people that are like, damn it, you just put it into my mind. I know. Yeah. You're welcome. So now you have Backstreet Boys and Baby Shark. So congratulations. We could do so much with that, but we're not going to. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My poor boss. And the reason I bring up Backstreet Boys is because it's kind of a badge of dishonor among my boss and I, because we shared an office for a long time. And this is way, I mean, this is dating myself for sure. There was a Backstreet Boys album that came out on CD. And I was in the office most of the time doing work and he would go do dentistry, right? And he'd come back and there was... Always a Backstreet Boys song playing because I went through this phase where I listened to this album over and over again. And it got to the point where I had to turn off the radio when he came in because at first he was like, oh, no, that's fine. You can let it play. And then he was like, okay, I, I don't want to ever hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear this again. And so the Backstreet Boys are not a welcome part of the uh, dental family in our office. So I, I overplayed them. <laughs> but you'd still play them today if you had the opportunity. I sure do. Oh, there you go. I mean, hey, see? You know what? Their songs are melodious. That's what I like about them. That's impressive right there. I like that. Yeah, I like them a lot. And I can sing along. It doesn't matter what key my voice is in. It could suck, but it just sounds good because they've got that harmony going. That's my excuse, Kevin. I'm standing by it. No, it's a good like road trip album right there, probably. <laughs> just pop that in, away you go. Hey. All right, let me finish this story out so we can yeah. never talk about Backstreet Boys again. <laughs> so there's other controls that could go further. So they could include shaking your head, moving your arms, or using vocal sounds and sub-vocalizations to control your device, even tapping a table or squeezing someone else's arm. Sub-vocalizations is defined as sounds undetectable by human ears. There's a lot here, like almost to the point where anything you do is going to change the channel. Wait, I'm a little nervous. Squeezing somebody else's arm? Yes, I'm a little nervous that. about that. Even tapping a table or squeezing someone else's arm, which wouldn't be awkward at all is what they're saying. Obviously. Not at all. Yeah. So <laughs> squeezing someone's arm. So why would you squeeze someone's arm? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out. Do they have the AirPods in? Or do you have the AirPods in that somehow figures out you're squeezing? And what if you're squeezing the Charmin? I mean, you know, does that do it too? It doesn't say squeezing the Charmin. <laughs> Is that a euphemism for something else? <laughs> no, that's a, a popular bygone television commercial, young lady. How dare you go in the gutter? How dare you? What if people use this as an excuse? What if there's like a, a person that just likes squeezing arms and they're like, oh, sorry, just changing my AirPod station. You know, <laughs> like, that would never happen in Vegas or anywhere like that, of course. <laughs> that's your pickup line right there. Oh, sorry, oh baby. I was just squeezing. I was just uh, changing the channel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is a problematic patent. That's all I have to say about it. And <laughs> and if if you have somebody coming into your office because they clench too hard because of their AirPod, you don't. You're not going to just sit there and go. Just you know, just tell me the truth. What happened? That actually could be what happened. Who knows? Apple comes up with some wacky stuff. So. Kevin, next time around, next year, this time, when you're shoveling snow, perhaps you will be to change your channel. I I will. I'll be moving on to, you know, bye, bye, bye that way or something. Who knows? (laughs) That's actually in sync. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, let's move to your story before we lose half the audience. (laughs) No, I feel bad. I feel bad that I swapped those out. At least I need to go... You know, K-pop or something, I guess. Listen, there's a legion of women my age that are going to hunt you down now for that. So. <laughs> Next time I'm speaking somewhere, I just get booed off the stage. 
Okay, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got to recover from that. All right. Hey, let's talk lawsuits. How about let's just completely 180 here. So one thing that I've been keeping an eye on, and it's been pretty interesting, I think you and I talked about it on a podcast some time ago, was COVID-19 and what it's done to dental businesses. And obviously, we know how it has impacted the industry and the shutdown that happened and so many other things that went on. Well, there was a a dental office in New York that filed a business interruption claim regarding COVID-19. And it was for just over $150,000. And it just came down recently that a judge has said that he recommends that this case gets tossed out. And I thought it was really interesting because it was one of those things that I think had this gone through, a lot of dental practices would have chosen maybe to go through with their insurance company on something like this. Uh, But the judge said, uh, and I'm going to quote right here, the loss of the use of the dental office for a short time wasn't a covered direct physical loss or damage to the property under the certain insurance company's policy. I thought it was interesting that, first of all, the dentist decided to have this as part of a, can I get money out of this? Does mm-hmm. my insurance cover it? And then obviously the judge put the kibosh on and said, no, actually you can't. An interesting, uh, shall we say, first step to kind of shut down, I think, a lot of uh, potential lawsuits coming down. I'm curious. So if there had been physical damage, it sounds like if there had been physical damage where the office would have had to stop, then that would have been paid out. But what if you, hmm, gosh, that's tough. What if you didn't have the PPE in order to operate? I mean, I guess that's not a physical damage, but but there's definitely interruption there. It's, hmm. And and the interesting thing to me is that the dental office wasn't the first one to try this. And not just in dentistry. There was a catering company that had tried this. A Manhattan art dealer had tried this. So various entities are trying to get this business interruption payment from their insurance. And apparently the judge keeps saying, no, 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 no matter what industry you're in. Well, and that was the case with the one we talked about a couple months ago. That was in Florida. There was a dentist that tried it in Florida. Now, now it's coming back to me. And it was the same thing. It was denied. So I'm guessing this is a good thing, a good time now to go back and look at your policy. And if there's actual physical damage that needs to be done, then perhaps you throw a brick or something. No, never. I would never. No, no, no. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. I think that business interruption insurance, I'm guessing it's really meant for more like flooding or maybe you have structural damage and, and a pandemic is not something structural, which is really a shame because... That was that was some serious loss of income for so many businesses. And the judge actually went back to a 2002 decision, which stated that there needed to be physical damage to the property, not just a loss of use. And again, I you know, I thought that was very interesting. That obviously there are precedents for this that were pulled in. You know, while we've never had this happen during a pandemic, there have been other things that have caused industries to not be able to use their property or whatever it might be. And here's just a case that, as you said, no physical damage. Well, then no uh, payment to the from the insurance company. So I guess why the um, the idle loan and the PPP loans were so critical for people to apply for and to get, because that's really the only income you can get uh, when it comes to that. 
They also, uh, one thing, I don't have a, a source for this. I just remember reading it as we talked to about the COBRA benefits that were extended. So COBRA, again, for those that don't know, is when you lose your job or you quit your job, you're able to pick up benefit, the same benefits. You can continue your benefits for a certain period of time, but you have to pay like, I think it's 108% of the premium because there's administration fee or something like right. that, right? So they actually extended that because it was due to expire right around now. And they extended it again to September, which is good because people that had coverage uh, and were meaning to get things done can still do that. But it's definitely a lot out of pocket. Yeah, the whole the economic impact of this virus is going to be really interesting to see play out. There's going to be long lasting effects from it. And I still think that there will be things down the road where we see not only you know, years from now, the business related impact as we look back on it, like we did the recession that, you know, in, in 2008, 2009, but also the, the health effects as well. I think it'll be years before we see both those things play out. While the pandemic may be lessening, shall we say, it's certainly uh, going to be front of mind for a long time. Well, and I was talking to a manager in, a, in an office and she said they cannot keep up because people are realizing now they can get out of their houses, now that the orders are starting to be lifted. So hopefully there's some good times coming down the pike for dental offices, because I know it's been half and half. Half have been super, super busy and half have not been busy at all and been kind of worried about it. You know, some of the offices that I'm really good friends with that are super producers are like, wait a second, this is not, we're we're, we're at numbers that are like four years ago. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. And who knows, you know, it's all dependent on their region. But if you're having one of those, one of those year of numbers where you can't quite explain it, you're not alone. It's strange. In seriously busy areas, you're still seeing slowdowns in offices. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. I mean, that's, that's the amazing thing to me. And I'm still hearing a lot of dental practices, and I don't know what you're hearing, but they're trying to ramp up their business by talking about, did you like what you saw on Zoom during that time? I think you and I talked about the Zoom boom of God's mm. dentistry. And I'm seeing a lot of marketing things out there about you looked at your teeth long enough, you know, now get them fixed. You know, I mean, little, you know, things like that. So you were just talking to a Seattle study club group. Was what? there any, any interesting news coming out of them? What are they? They're down in Louisville, you said? Uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Ah, sorry. Uh, okay. yes. No, that's all good. Home of the Raging Cajuns. It was a great group. Again, Louisiana is is pretty much open for business. I mean, in a lot of areas. We know Bourbon Street still shut down, but, you know, in a lot of other towns, it's wide open. And so I've talked to a couple of dentists down there, and one of the things that I, I heard was that, obviously, people in different geographic areas took the pandemic differently than others. Mm-hmm. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. And so they never really had that fear from their patients about coming into the practice. So while they were shut down, obviously, you know, there was still, when they opened back up, their patients were ready to come back in. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think that that's something else that we're seeing as well, are those practices where their patients were worried about COVID versus those who were like, yeah, can I get out of the house to get my teeth cleaned? Sign me up. I'm in. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's nice to be missed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're working in the office, it's nice to be missed. So that's good. Okay, so hopefully uh, this means that somebody who's listening who's not sure about their business insurance is going to go back and take a look at their policy and just see. I don't know if there's an add-on in case this happens again, but you know the government did provide kind of a, a security blanket with the the loans that they're offering, and, and you know if, if 
the talk is to be believed, a lot of it is going to be forgiven, which is nice. Yeah. But, you know, if this happens again, gosh, our economy, our poor economy. Got to print that money, Kevin. Print it, print it, print it. And I know, you know, you and I live in parts of the country where storms roll through this time of year, uh, certainly. And so it's a good idea for any of you dental practices that are listening. Check that insurance coverage. Make sure that you're covered in the event of some kind of flood or tornado or natural disaster, whatever it might be, because being uh, caught off guard is something I've heard about uh, from a lot of dental practices that had had an issue with a fire or whatever it might be. You know what else catches offices off guard? And again, I don't have an article that I wanted to talk about. This just came up is the cyber stuff. So that is the the ransomware and the, the attacks on your data. That's still, I mean, I probably hear about that from somebody at least once a week that their office has been targeted or, you know, what do I do? I need to get up to speed with my software. And we're not experts on this, but I think you need to call some IT people and at least have some safeguards put into place because it's it's a real thing in dentistry. People think that we're not really targets of all that, but we, we certainly are. Absolutely. No, that's a great point for sure. Thieves be thieving, Kevin. That's not cool, man. All right. So I have another story for you. And I kind of teased it last time because we we just didn't have time to talk about it. And I was super excited about it because I'm nerdy like that. Uh, I had asked you, had you ever worked on a cadaver before? And you said you had not? I had not, but my daughter has. So go figure. What about like the frogs or the baby sharks and stuff like that? Oh, gosh. Well, I guess I did do frogs when I was in junior high. Now that you mentioned it, I forgot about frogs. Cats. No, never did cats. I worked on a cat. Did you? Frogs are about as crazy as I ever got. I worked on a frog, a cat, a baby shark. And I can tell you the baby shark smell is disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. I was one of the lab ads, uh, aides that had to help out with that. They could bring them in in big buckets and they smell and they're just slimy and it's yeah, it's disgusting. Sorry, I hope you all aren't like eating anything while I went over that. That tuna fish sandwich doesn't sound so good right now, so hey. But the dental students at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, are working on a different type of cadaver, and I thought this was pretty cool. So what they do is they have human head specimens, because they have to work on actual body cadavers, Kevin. I mean, that's the way that they learn the way the muscles go and, and how they interact in the joints and all that, and If any of you have worked on a cadaver, you know it's pretty cool. It looks cool. I haven't actually worked on a cadaver cadaver. I would. I would absolutely jump on it. But that's really how you learn how the body articulates and and how it goes together. But the big issue with it is that it is not reusable. You have, you know, one head at a time. Once you pick it apart, there it is. And it's, it's, you know, gets disposed of, however, and it stinks. So that's the big thing is it stinks. And I, I don't mind doing hard work, but if there's a smell involved, I'm not going to really want to do that. That's an issue. Yes. So UNLV has, has figured out a way to avoid that. So what they've done is they have something called a plastinated human head. So it's a human head that's still anatomically correct, but it has been specially preserved using plastics. And so it's not a plastic head, but the tissue and all of that have been preserved using plastics. And so you still can see every nerve, you can still see every part of the muscle, and you can slice it and, you know, look at it with the transverse views and all of that. But the good thing is, is it's reusable. You can pick it apart, and you can probably do it a couple different times before you have to get rid of it. 
I thought that was very, very interesting. It, and here's the thing. It can last, you know, if you don't pick it apart, it can last for a whole semester and then another semester and then another semester. And they're also using it in medical school, doing the whole body. But huh. UNLV School of Dental Medicine is only, let me read it here, one of a handful of dental schools that uses the plastinated specimens in its anatomy course. So it's pretty interesting. It, it renders the human tissue dry, non-toxic, and odorless, but maintains original properties like color and weight. So that's, I thought that was pretty cool. Would you work on a, on a human head if it was plastinated, Kevin? Sure. <laughs> I, I'd be very fascinated by this. I mean, the fact that it's a real head, and I'm curious if you slice it, how do you use it again? I'm kind of curious about that, obviously. Well, if you slice it once, then you have the transverse specimens to look at again and again, is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay. So you can slice it, and then you have those slices that you can use over and over Got again. It. Okay. No, I mean, I think that's fascinating. And obviously, you know, with my daughter being in physical therapy, I know how important it is to learn all those muscles and nerves and everything else. And she tells me a lot about how the cadaver has really helped her prepare mm -hmm. for what's to come. And so that's really cool if they can figure out a way to make those last longer. Usually one of the, <laughs> you're supposed to treat it with respect. And I know I've read enough medical school blogs and stuff that they treat their bodies with respect, but they absolutely will name them. Oh yeah. Did Julia name her cadaver? She did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Now I'm trying to remember what it was. have to find out what it is. I will have to find out. I'm trying to remember it, but my plasticized head or whatever uh, is a remembering plastinated. plastinated. Plastinated head. In sync, plasticized. I've had issues today. We had a, a cat. Toons is the cat. Do you remember Saturday Night Live's Toons oh, is the driving cat? The driving cat, absolutely. And the cat smelled. It really, it, it was terrible, actually. <laughs> the cat smelled so bad. And that's another thing, too, is that when you, you know, I was pre-med, so I lived in the bio lab. And so you went back to the dorm and you smelled like this cat and you oh. had to wash your clothes immediately. And, you know, we don't have access to wash and dryer like we do here. You had to get up, go downstairs, put your money in it, wait, so nobody stole your clothes. Do you sure. remember college life? Absolutely. Take your books down there and, and you're like, man, I'm washing all my clothes just for this one stupid cat outfit I had on. It's terrible. It's, it was terrible. So, And then the baby shark that we did, I don't remember what we named it, but that was way more fun than the cat. I do remember friends who had their clothes stolen because they made the mistake of going, oh, it'll be fine, then going back upstairs. Oh, I, I absolutely and I'm like, oh, who steals no. clothes? Oh, you, people who don't have clothes. People who don't have good clothes. I mean, not everybody comes to town with the, the Tulsa wardrobe like you had. Oh, it's styling. Let me tell you. Absolutely. <laughs> For people who are just got out of college, I mean, you probably had, I'm guessing today's college, if, if Noah's is any indication, they have washers and dryers on every floor. And you can use your card to pay for it. You no need to run around with your thing oh, of quarters. Bag of quarters, absolutely. Oh my God. You had to sit and do your homework by the machine or else somebody would take your wet clothes out of the washer and put it on the floor so they could yes. use the washer. Do you remember that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then you're like, well, now they're dirty again. And yeah, right. then you had to go get your bag of quarters. Oh, it's just a vicious cycle. Okay. So I thought this would be interesting though, because if this is something that is, it's plastinated, reusable. So apparently the cost is going to be pretty decent over time. So it's, it's more cost effective. 
I am wondering if this is something that that could be once you get to a point where you need to buy new ones. Maybe I'm hoping that they donate it to dental assisting schools, hygiene schools. They probably have their own, but dental assisting schools, you know, to help out with that or, you know, dental hygiene schools too, I guess. But I think that would be really cool to be able to use it because as an assistant, when I first started, I had no idea about the mouth anatomy, like, like I needed to know. So it would have been interesting to see like how big and fat that tongue is how close together the teeth really are. You don't have a lot of access. Perhaps the mouth you're working on couldn't open up really wide. So now you're like, oh, geez, I got to put all these instruments in there. I just think that'd be cool if they donated those on there. It would. And and it'd be another plus for a dental assisting school because we know there are schools and there's on-the-job trained assistants as well. And there are pluses and minuses to both. But that would certainly be, I think, a benefit because a lot of times, you know, I hear from assistants saying, well, why should I pay to go to the school? But if there's something like that, that could be an added bonus that helps uh, justify the cost, maybe. You know, this this hygiene school uh, discussion actually just reminds me, I was doing some research on something last night and I came across this article where there is no school that you graduate with an RDH degree. I had to double check that. And it was actually, the, the article was correct. You graduate with a associates or a BA or BS in dental hygiene, but you don't get the RDH until you sit for the, the boards and the exam and the state confers the title of RDH or LDH onto you. And apparently this is a big controversy in hygiene. Apparently there's uh, people who argue about this. And this was a new argument to me. And I've been around a long time. Have you heard this argument before? I, I hadn't. You know, you kind of blew my mind whenever you started that story, actually. But that's true. It's a good point. Why is that an issue? I don't understand. But it needed to have an article written about it. So I'm guessing it needed to be addressed. So it's hard to believe in today's society that people make a mountain out of a molehill, as my grandpa used to say. That's hard to imagine. It is amazing, right? So what are you going to be canceled <laughs> for, Kevin? What are we going to be canceled for? Are we going to be canceled for this, talking about RDH degrees? Well, no, we're probably talking about that we cut up animals. <gasps> That's probably going to be the canceling coming. It's been good working with you. Just so oh, you know, it's, it's because fun. of the cat and the shark? See? And, and, the, and that you said baby shark earlier and then tied it back in with that. So it's been a vicious episode. I don't want to appropriate the baby shark culture. I don't. That's not what I'm about. Well. Yeah, you're going to have to find a really good co-host if that, that's what happens. I just want to apologize to the frog's family because I, I understand that that frog was a good and decent frog, but uh, you know, he, I feel like he gave his life so that others could learn. And I, I hope that the frog's family takes some solace in that. That's BS. What if that frog was a jerk? What if that frog was a jerk? What if that frog was know. the bully frog on the lily pad? You can't say he was a fine frog. He looked like a fine frog to me, you know? <laughs> I can tell you we named him Fester. Fester? Fester the Frog. That's pretty cool. I do remember that now. I mean, I had completely buried that in my mind till you brought the frog. Fester the Frog. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So if anybody here will admit that they are, that they've worked on cadavers before and you had funny names for them, please hit us up because that's hilarious stuff. I, I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear. So. <laughs> Are there any other news stories that could potentially have us blacklisted, Kevin? Oh, there's a ton, trust me. <laughs> but we survived the hoverboard, Dennis, so what could possibly go wrong? You're not kidding. Oh, you know what? I did I did want to bring up one one small thing, because you and I have been tracking 
the Smile Direct Club stuff for a while. Uh, again, we please do not sue us, Smile Direct Club. We always say that, right, Kevin? We always want to avoid always. being sued by Smile Direct Club because they have, <laughs> they have a legal department that doesn't quit. They just won a, a case against the National Association of Orthodontists. Well, what happened is they sued to get the AAO to stop saying that Smile Direct Club's product wasn't you know, safe or, you know, not real dentistry or whatever. And the advertising division of the Better Business Bureau National Programs has recommended that the AO discontinue that advertising that implies that Smile Direct Club's platform is risky and that its retail stores lack on-site medical professionals. Apparently, they had started, the AAO had had a marketing campaign that actually said all of that. And so now they've been asked to stop. They respectfully disagree with the conclusions, but the AAO will comply with their recommendations. So Smile Direct Club, their lawyers are earning their paycheck once again. Let's be perfectly honest. They, they've won a number of lawsuits through, through the last few months. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of people out there who do not believe in what Smile Direct Club does, but yet they have proven in a court of law that a lot of things that are being said maybe aren't 100% true as well. Yeah, that's another thing, obviously, to watch and keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, again, as we come out of this pandemic and the Zoom boom and all that stuff we talked about earlier, there's certainly going to be a player. We know that. Well, I tell you, they have been signing contracts with a couple small DSOs, and they are going into the retail space in Canada in some of these like Walgreens, CVS type stores. So they've inked an awful lot of deals. They're going into Walmart with their own brand of oral hygiene products. So they're kind of at a point now where it's it's almost just amazing to see the growth because they they have maneuvered a lot of lawsuits, like you said. They've had to innovate and they had a whole bunch of competitors pop up once they started. Now there's a ton of, you know, at home with clear aligners. They still somehow managed to make the money and expand. So this is, you know, if, if I were a Harvard business student, this is probably a really good case to take up and, and study their growth because you and I didn't expect it. I'm not going to speak for you, but I did not expect them to continue with all of the legal challenges that they've had. No, they, they've overcome those. They have a good business model. You know, whatever you might think about them, they have a very good business model. They have instituted that. And as you said, they kept growing during the pandemic. Uh, you know, I know that they had some nice size growth as well. And, and I don't mm-hmm. see that slowing down anytime soon. Well, at-home braces while you're at home makes a lot of sense, right? It does. Absolutely. All right. So that is the last story. I have nothing more to slip in before the bell rings. So that is it. Any parting words, my friend? I did not expect to talk about frogs or, uh, you know, sync or so many other things as we discussed in this episode. You know, it is always a pleasure to go down the rabbit hole with you. We do go down this rabbit hole. Actually, it's becoming a tunnel at this point. So... <laughs> All right, dear listeners, thank you again for always spending your time with us. We so appreciate it. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.